Well, I'm flying up to uh, New York today. I don't go up to New York, and not today. I'm going tomorrow. Flying up to New York tomorrow. I don't go up to New York very often, but it is one of the rare places that has direct flights between Austin and, uh, well, New York, I guess. JFK. Now, going out there, I am not able to use a direct flight, but coming back, direct flight. What? Yeah. There's direct flights. There's the. Well, I, oh, I, I didn't say the. Do only you have some place. sort of airline loyalty? Yes, yeah. air t- airline loyalty problem. You need uh, to get the, Do you have airport loyalty problem too? Like you only go into JFK. Oh no no no! I don't yeah. I don't I don't so much care about that. It's just it's just I only fly an American, as people know, American. Mm. And I you know right. I I have been strongly considering uh, breaking that ban, but. Um, okay, this know. seems like the perfect time. You've probably read up on it. The 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 memo. Well, the email. The email came out explaining the new status program on American, which was written as only any loyalty email can be written. It's very confusing. Yeah. It was uh, there was a lot of different new things. There was old things, but it was unclear. It was very difficult for you to figure out, out what you were and what you will be. So, give us your review. Like, I'm sure you have taken time to uh, scout it out. Like, wow. this is this is, this is a little em- or just bad. This is a little embarrassing. I have not read this email. Oh my gosh, Pote, There's a whole new status level. Yeah. Like oh, a, oh like I did. Platinum, I did read that. I did read that. You know how like being platinum used to be, like really be the minimum. Like gold is just worthless, right? Yeah. yeah. Like everybody's gold. Then platinum was like, well, at least you got something. And then there's exactly yes. now okay. there's like a middle. There's like a new was, platinum select or something. Yes, it's it's like it's like platinum pro or something. Yeah, pro platinum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did I did read that memo, and yes, I think I think there's a tier in between at seventy five thousand points. And then I think they're also like on revenue based points, which I, I don't know. I just don't know anymore, right? Like, like it's enough to make me want to like fly on Southwest, which, as far as I can tell, flies direct everywhere. So you know, <laughs> I might as well fly on. Well, they, they won't get you to Sydney. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I already have lifetime gold on American, so I could yeah. just use that when I need it. And really, like the last yeah. time I got upgraded on an, an international flight was like almost never like that that first of all you have to have like points or tokens or whatever the fuck they call them to uh to it's a bad scene it's a bad scene now now brandon (laughs) you used to fly in southwest a lot what is in store for me if i fly in southwest well actually i just got off a southwest airlines flight probably 30 minutes ago i took the direct from uh, austin texas to las vegas which is the only way to go if you're coming from austin southwest is by far the best way now to can go you to can you request that someone with chickens in a cage doesn't sit next to you is that possible really i will say as i was as we were commenting on our pre-show uh discussion was this was very everybody listening to this podcast would have felt very comfortable on this plane um we had a lot of different types of nerds we had system management nerds uh-huh. we had people coming out to aws reinvent which i'm sure we're going to talk about and we had people even more like myself in the security world and any management there's another big show out here so it was pretty much like an austin tech happy hour mm. kind of scene a lot of uh a lot of jeans you know some yeah. t-shirts some black t-shirts a lot of just uh nice hair collared shirts you know some really nice hair i went through security with a sales guy he had a i mean like you know the like the 800 jeans like the 500 shoes and like the the uh, like probably $1,000 blazer where he like, he looked like he was dressed down, but it was probably like a $10,000 outfit. So everyone was there. So it's a very similar to American. It's a very similar vibe. Um, and then of course, if you can get, 
you know, they just have simple status like a list, which is just you get the board first or like in this like the first 15 that's it there's really nothing else there's but, like, and and, and you like, gotta you gotta stand in line right now that might actually be nice i like it though this, this is you know i've had many discussions on this the southwest boarding system is by far in a way the most efficient and calm that's what i like calm boarding process even if you're executive platinum on american and these various other airlines there's always this big push right there's like a, a cattle like being yes. forced in because everyone knows there's so many levels of status that, like, when you are, when your opportunity does come up, you have to rush in there to get your bag. Whereas, like, Southwest, you just have a number, you know right away if you're in danger of that bag check line or not, and then you go stand there. And you stand there, and then they just very calmly wave you on. So it's a much, much more – in fact, I would say it's, it's not only just better, but much more calm, right, even than this, the people with preferred status. So – Please, everyone, let's enjoy the Southwest uh, boarding system. Yeah, yeah. I think the trade-off I need to make is, uh, and, and I'm, I'm wrestling this w- with this in the family now, is that maybe when it comes to family vacations, not that we ever take one, which is like my fault, like uh, it's okay just to like pay for your own stuff, right? Not, not to attach it to some work schedule, not to worry about like points and stuff like that, because really... The only thing that that the only real thing that keeps me on American Airlines is the uh, the potential of of international travel with the family. Which I don't know. What are we talking about? I mean, you have like ten kids, right, Matt Ray? Is is it sort of like? Uh, <laughs> so 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 I, I'm I'm uh, doing some some personal travel over the holidays, uh, and and my kids were disappointed to find that I had booked the um kind of the australian version of southwest yeah where they're like uh you have to pay for sodas and it's you know it's it's no frills but it's half the price of Qantas. yeah um and and they're like oh i hate jetstar i'm like it's fine you know we're we're flying to tasmania for you know for less than 200 dollars round trip each whoa um yeah I mean, well, first of all, far, uh, allow me to congratulate you, Matt Ray, that you have raised your children right such that they have opinions on which airline they fly on. <laughs> I think I think you've been doing a great job. <laughs> but 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 the the surprise for them uh-huh. is is that uh, I I should be hitting um, platinum One World Platinum mm. uh, here shortly, and when we fly home to the U.S., we'll be able to use the Qantas Lounge. Yes, and so then they'll get to be there. They'll 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 get to snob it up. Um, <sighs> Man, the internet lounges on international travel, so choice. That is that yes. is nice. That's uh That's yeah. I, I've tried to uh t- tried to get in on that. And uh you know, if you fly to Australia four or five times a year you can hit status. <laughs> yeah. Amazing how that app works. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, maybe I should start strategizing this out next year. See what I come up with. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Speaking of uh, speaking of trying to trying new things, what's up with Oracle buying Dine or Din Dine in <laughs> Dine? What, what, um, what now? First of all, so correct me if I'm wrong, but they uh, they're just a global DNS thing. They're most infamous for the DDoS thing that happened a few weeks ago, or not a few. However, I mean everything's composed of weeks except a day, so it was some weeks ago. Uh, but the, here's what I don't understand, and what I want to get both of y'all's take on, and you know, so. That, now it's Oracle, right? I don't, I don't get yep. like what, how, how buying a DNS thing, like the thing that would make the um, 
We talked about this in much nicer tones on the Pivotal Conversations podcast. You can go to soundcloud.com slash Pivotal Conversations to hear us talk about it there. But here's what I don't get is like, let's say the minus one, this is synergies minus one of this would be buying a CDN. CDNs are cool, but it's sort of like, eh, right? Like, whereas this is like some level above even a CDN of sort of like synergistic value. Now, I am totally open. I've been out of the strategy game for a while. I don't know what's going on with my M&A buddies, but like, what's going, what do you think, Matt Ray? Is this, does this make any sense? Uh, <laughs> so if you're trying to build a best of breed um, and buy versus build is your only path, I guess so. Um, I mean, you know, Diana's, uh, you know, they are pretty much, you know, first tier DNS. Um, you know, a lot of people use them. Um, I, that's, you know, that's why they're infamous is they had that massive DDoS that tried to take Dyn down and, you know, everyone who was using them got, you know, res- you know, collateral damage, um, or I uh-huh. guess it was the point of the damage. Um, but how you integrate that into Oracle's cloud strategy, I mean, that's, there's not a ton of synergies there other than like, yeah, we do DNS too. Um, cause I can't see the volume of Oracle of stuff hosted on Oracle needing something the size of Dyn. Yeah. Now, now how about, how about, how about you, Brandon? What do you, what do you think, what do you think Oracle's going to do with it? What, where's their head at on this? Well, I think we always have to start with, let's start with the money, right? All answers to all questions are money. So it looks like they raised 88 million and then people are speculating it was acquired for north of 600 million. So let's Whoa. say they got their 10 times exit, right? So one, that would meet, that means, unless they've got like a crazy premium, which doesn't make sense, but someone came in and offered them say 800 million, probably the investors are probably pretty happy. The people, even the employees, the real, regular employees got some money. So that's a good win for them as a company. Then the next thing I would just say is most companies like this, right? I mean, I'm, Quickly looking here, it looks like they have like something around, I don't know, 3,500 customers. I think Oracle would say, we not only want those customers, but we want to be able to sell um, some of our new cloud platform to those customers. And we want to not just talk, they probably obviously are buying Oracle databases, mm. or maybe some of them aren't, but they want to build that relationship. So it gives them a nice group of people like, hey, you're using DNS with us today using Dine, it works, or maybe it doesn't, yeah, we're going to fix that problem. And then we want to now come back to you. We have a relationship. We like to give you a presentation on our, our, our new cloud vision. And you know maybe that's a way for them to break into this market um, with just a really strong direct sales model. So I, I, that's my guess. That's probably why they wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that get, sounds like a, like, like a legit case there. That, uh, that has yeah. coherence, no, no pun intended, I guess. Expensive mailing list, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's always hard to know, right? Maybe the employees, you know, I do. It's, it is one of these things. Just all you can say is speculate, right? Like without knowing the details, like some other people are saying the employees maybe didn't do well. So I don't know. That's always the hard part. But like I can definitely see Oracle saying, I want 3,500 people to go call on and I want to go in there and tell them about Dyn and then I want to tell them about our new stuff and we're going to make a lot of money. I can see PowerPoint slides saying that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, unfortunately, Oracle has a bad history of acquisitions, jacking up the prices and scaring customers. Um, and like DNS is easy to, to switch. I mean, they're, they're, you know, the, 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 you know, the stickiness of DNS isn't that 
much. I mean, that is, you know, easy to commercialize or, or to, uh, to escape that. You know, there's, there's no data gravity with GNN. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can well, think back when, back when we did these things, we'd call it a control point. And maybe if Oracle has like a five stage plan of like, what are the control points of, of the internet world of SaaS stuff? Like, I guess DNS would be one of them. And I can even envision a slide that's like the, uh, the recent, uh, DDoS attack evidences the control point uh, and, and the widely used stuff of, of DIN and, and also will discount the price potentially for us or something, which which would be fun. But I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I would assume there's also some slide where like like on the left side, there's like the old on-premise middleware stack and, and like dollars of Oracle in each little slot of it. And then there's the the new stack on on the right side and they're trying to figure out how to like get their tendrils over there and uh and do that and maybe this is over there who knows i've made slides like that they're delightful you got to line up all the little boxes well and and oracle has just they have a window of time to become you know significant in this space you know i mean it's they're they're behind and they're not going to catch up unless they you know start making some big bets and you know i 800 million or whatever is, is a big bad. It's not huge, but it gets, it gets them started. Um, you know, and, and there's, you know, uh, starting to see other vendors, you know, trying to make the same jump in and, and, you know, catch up on AWS. Uh, it's hard to do. But I was to your earlier point, Matt Ray, I think you said something about, you know, bad history. And I would just say, you know, one man's bad history is another man's business model. I mean, clearly I think Oracle's, I don't even think they make any bones about it, right? They take acquisitions and they try to get a lot of money out of them. So I, mm. I think that's sort of part of their explicit strategy rather than, um, you know, it's like, it's almost like we don't need to be worried about that. That's going to happen, right? Like that's just the nature of the way that that business runs. So for better or for worse, it seems to work for them, or at least it has worked in other places. We'll see. And meanwhile, as, as you uncovered Matt Ray, it looks like over in, in your, your new part of the world, Alibaba is the one that's going to take out AWS now, right? What was it? Within four years? <laughs> that's, that, that, yeah, that's everyone's bullet points. Like, and if these uh, if these curves continue, you know, AWS will be in our rearview mirror in four years. Um, yeah. Rearview mirror. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, Alibaba said uh, that uh, you know they they've got the new uh, they've they've expanded out of out of China. They've opened new data centers. They've got one in uh, North America now. They've got some uh, Singapore. They're, they're opening one here in in Australia. Uh, I think Dubai or somewhere, Tokyo. Um, so they're, they're, you know, they're leaving mainland China. They've got the deep pockets to take on um, the Amazons and and the like. Uh, but yeah, I, it's it's still just a hugely hard business to get into. Do you think, Matt Ray, you're you're our uh, resident uh, outside the U.S. person now? So do you? They have the like the brand and you know, kind of the cachet with developers in that no. part of the world that, cause I, you know, I was reading some, uh, out here on my way to Las Vegas, reading some history of AWS and, you know, they, again, they talked about sort of like, Hey, they had all this great stuff and they thought it would be a good, good thing that they could put out. And then, you know, obviously went on to this huge success. But one of the points they make is that developers just came to AWS in droves without, with limited marketing. Right. And I think part of that is probably, you know, the technology, but a bigger part, I think maybe just people at that moment were associating AWS 
with like what was happening, like of just a huge yeah. brand, right? Like and, this is and they still are. They still they, are. I, mean, I agree. I totally yeah. agree. And they, it's kind of like it's 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 almost like the technology is almost secondary. Like if you have the right brand and developer base, the technology will eventually get there. You know, I, I think and so that's why I wonder about Alibaba. And I don't, but I don't know. This is the part where. In China, like maybe in China or you know just yeah I mean they, they right is like maybe they do I don't know yeah they 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 play I mean they they had their uh, developer conference and I think they had something like sixty thousand attendees um, okay. at, at a developer conference not the trade show conference which is nuts and okay. you know they've got they they've got fairly sophisticated number of products in their cloud. I mean, you know, you can actually build, you know, the matrix comparison and you know, you put AWS and Azure and Google and Alibaba and and the columns and it's not there's not a ton of gaps. Uh, Alibaba's got good, you know, they've got some good data uh, coverage. They've got, you know, the the Hadoops and and databases and and that kind of stuff. They've got some security stuff that uh, you know, they do some CDN things. So I mean, they're 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 legit, you know. Um, there was uh, an article in the show notes about uh, about IBM and Software, and and they pointed out that that Software has had like forty new features since IBM acquired them, and Amazon has had two thousand, and that's the sort of breadth that you're talking about. You know, you have to be able to, you know, pretty much just queue up the blog post for every Monday to have three new features, and if you can't do that, you know. If you can't think of that sort of scale, you're probably not going to catch up. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's the sort of you know nuts stuff is if you try to follow AWS, you know they've got their you know sixty seventy products and who knows what they're going to have after this week, and you know there's just the blog posts are just nonstop and it's just a bullet point list of things that you know any other you know private cloud or would would have a full blog post on just those bullet points and amazon's just like you know oh yeah we do this now we do this now we do this now we do this now you know take a breath come back next monday and it's just it's a flood yeah you're gonna have that that jeff Barr constantly pitting out his hawaiian shirts with all this type <laughs> of work. you know I- He's he's got to have a staff writing. I mean that he, you know he's got so much. You know he's the the hardest working man at Amazon, just trying to keep up with everything. Um, but yeah. So, so, then, so then, does this mean that we're all going to be working for Amazon sooner or later, Matt Ray? Is that is that what's going to happen? Are you preparing for that in IBM land, Brandon? <laughs> Amazon buys IBM. Uh, I probably can't say anything to that statement. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, it's funny listening to Matt Ray. I just, you know, as he was going through, of course, he obviously knows. I was just thinking, at some point, does this stuff just get too big? Like, I mean, you know, putting your numbers out there, it's like, is it maybe, like, I think this is always the the opportunities coming up. So let's just use that number. There's 2,000 new features, right? And it's like, yeah, but is that a good thing? I mean, I guess we need it all today. I mean, I'm sure they're not building it totally for fun, but, you know, I kind of come back to like kind of with like the container stuff happening and like, the complexity we we've talked a lot about on the show, but in theory, right? Some of this is a bit in the, this is obviously Cote something you can talk more about, right? Like the idea of just trying to also simplify the stuff. And I don't know. I just wonder if there's like another wave, right? It's like we're just looking at this wave now, and it does just seem like no one will stop them. But if it's this big and this complicated, it just feels to me like at some point there's going to be opportunity for different and simpler and 
I don't know. I don't know who steps into that void, but it feels like it's it's out there and someone's going to do it at some point. Yeah, there's well, even like, uh, did, did you put this in here, Matt Ray, the Skyliner.io? Uh, it, yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to it's, like I mean, it's like a PaaS that's exclusively built on top of AWS. And and I think I, think I only read through the... Uh, the the post that they had, which has some fantastic zingers on it, you can you can yeah, good stuff. Uh, but it's basically like we only run on AWS, and it's kind of like we're they don't say it this way, but we're simplifying the way that you would run applications on AWS. And they they do say that they I yeah, mean yeah, they yeah. say that in, that they are shielding you from the complexity of Amazon, and they're like today we're we're using you know today we're using cloud formations and ECS. And, you know, tomorrow we'll see what Amazon continues to evolve to. You don't have to worry about that. Right, right. And, 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 and then there's, the there's also the, uh, the for, for them, as would be for us and others, the obligatory don't build stuff on your own. Don't, don't just use Docker uh, sort of jag in there, which, which is a delightful yeah. take on that topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Skyliner thing, it's like they could, probably can carve out a, a successful business being, you know, a – opinionated pass that you know it's it's probably it's probably not cheap they're probably not competing on price but it's probably a really nice developer experience you know based on the the pedigree of the folks involved and um and and it's it's, just going to make brandon and i's work harder right like they're going to call him brandon (laughs) exactly and brandon's going to be like do you support active directory no Here's some slides, and then, and then, it and makes then, my life harder too. Yeah, and then and then me and my people go in there and be like, large organizations have problems with governance and and you're doing scaling up and all this stuff, and you want to run it's, uh, so so annoying. There's 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 like a uh, it's sort of like variances of DIY stacks all the way down. Like your 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 view on complexity is depends on where you are in the stack, but but that that's that's what we need to start tracking when these new things come out if they have active directory support we've got to put them in the uh, the competitive <laughs> matrix to start that's working right. about well, them but you can get that from AWS too ooh once again subverted <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I was snarkily thinking like, I think I've written a blog post like this before. It's like, it's like the, yeah. uh, the pattern of, of passes. Maybe we'll finally start being able to use the word pass again. That'll, that'll be nice. Be a lot. I won't, I won't feel so awkward when I say that's what we do. <laughs> I just wondered, do you guys agree with this analogy? I kind of go back and, you know, it feels older now, but you know, when like the Java programming language first came out. And there was obviously lots of other things, C, C++, and millions of other programming languages. But like, there was this moment of time where people coalesced and was like, okay, job, this is the programming language. It's got a lot of built-in stuff. Like, Sure, there's a million other ways you could do it, but why don't we all just use this? And then a whole bunch of different frameworks got built. And like, there was a time right, where the world just sort of, I think the technology world accepted that for the most part. And, you know, it was... And it worked, right? Like you just like you didn't write your own string class; you just used what was there, right? You just like all these things, these primitives that you know were just kind of built in. It was, it was, it was a lot simpler. Right? I think people kind of like just liked it. They were like, "Oh, yeah. great, I don't have to do my, I don't have to do memory allocation myself anymore. I'll just leave it to this other thing." And it just, it does kind of feel like this, you know, AWS. Like there is this point, right? It's going to happen where, like, it, I guess, pass would be the right word. It probably needs to be rebranded, right? Because everyone hates that now, but. There seems like there's going to be one between these containers and AWS and all this stuff that something will emerge that's just a, ton, a lot simpler. And then, yes, for Twitter, yeah. AWS, and a few other guys, they can, like, it's almost like the guy that has to write C. It's like, okay, 
You're the device driver guy. <laughs> We're not going to talk to you anymore. Yeah, go away. Yeah, yeah. Everybody gonna else be... is going to do this other thing, but you yep. go away. And I think you can see the same thing happening here. It's like they're not going to be that many more Twitters, but could you build something slightly simpler that still has a lot of scalability and not have to have like, you know, everyone be a PhD in like, you know, distributed systems to make it work? I, I feel like it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's going to be like a, a Ruby on Rails of pass where it's like, hey, if you just do it this way, you know, convention over configuration, I think is what they called it. Um, you know, if you do it this way, your life will be simpler. And, you know, a huge number of people will jump on it. Um, and then, you know, there'll be all sorts of fallout after that as, you know, people take those patterns to the next pass. And, you know, I I don't see, I'm always like the Cassandra of, of um, consolidation i don't see things getting better you know oh not like not, not like the no sql database like the actual cassandra no 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 i mean uh the one who's like yeah things are just going to keep getting worse you know mm-hmm. there's going to keep being more choice i mean I, i've had this conversation with 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 aws shops where i'm like how did you end up on the pattern of your usage and it's because no aws shop looks like the next aws shop over mm. You know, they're like, oh, well, we use, you know, we use uh, CloudFormation and we roll this out ourselves and we use some, you know, some, we wrote some code to do this and like, you know, have you looked at this? And like, oh, we didn't know about that. And, and it's the, the deployment patterns you adopt on AWS are usually a function of whoever wrote it first or the sales engineer who set you up from Amazon. Ooh. And even between the sales engineers, there's not a lot of consistency. Yeah. It's a, it's like they heard the first part of that. Don't pave the cow paths and they got it wrong. And they're like, let's make new cow paths. That would be great. <laughs> we'll put cow paths everywhere. Yeah. Let's make some sheep paths. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this is a good opportunity to have our mid roll. And I think the first mid roll should be, are you sick of all that stuff? You should use pivotal cloud foundry. It's much, much better than dealing with all of that. We have actual customers who have been using us for years in production successfully, not having to worry about all that mess. So there's not like science projects or things like that. They're just like, uh, they're just writing their software, running their software, got development teams optimizing. I have this huge uh, draft of, of my uh, cloud native journey. It's a terrible name. I should think of a better one, but like the second edition. And I think it's about 50 pages now and basically catalogs like how, how you would change your organization around to do things and little use cases here and there and mini and big ones. I, if you go to uh, cote.io slash cloud two, just the number two, I don't have it done yet. I have, I think, two more sections and it'll clean up to do it, but you can get a, an early version of that. And you don't even have to call up your buddy Johnny Lee Jin. It'll just pop you right into the uh, the Google Doc. It'd be great if you left some comments and suggestions. So you should go check that out. It's at cote.io slash cloud2. And then also, if you want to learn more about Pivotal stuff, you can just go to cote.io slash Pivotal. There's a video where I explain what it is, and there's a whole bunch of free stuff. And you can get two free months on our public version, Pivotal Web Services. And you'll see that uh, you don't really have to worry about all this stuff as much as other people do. And and when our customers, when they, they make their new cow paths, they tend to make the same types of cow paths instead of uh, UniQ, as my dad would say, making different ones. What do you got for us, Matt Ray? Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the DevOps Day Sydney is this week. So a uh, friend of the show, uh, Bridget, uh, Cromot is, is keynoting and she's here in Sydney. Um, so I'll be there and I'll see you there. And, uh, later, I guess in about two weeks, we'll be doing the 
post AWS reInvent meetups. Uh, and I think I'm on some panels uh, for different Amazon meetups around Sydney. So that, that's all I got for now. Now, don't we have a discount code for DevOps Days Australia? Or is that expired? I, th- I think it's sold out. What? Well, <laughs> we, I, we did a great job. The, the, uh, the CPM on that was fantastic for them. Then I'm sure it was sold out because of our efforts, right? Our substantial Australian listenership. Probably. Yeah, I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Well, in in other news, it you know, I I I think I've been looking at uh, there's been a lot of open source foundation stuff. Over here in uh, in Cloud Foundry land, we have a we have a new executive director of the Cloud Foundry Foundation, Avi Kearns. I used to work with her. She's great. Yep. That's that's fun for her and then uh, Sam Ramji went over to uh, Google. I saw some some uh I subscribed to the RSS feed for the information, but I don't pay for it. Maybe I should do that. Or maybe not, uh, but there was there was some little uh, synopsis in RSS that they're uh, they're they're realigning their uh, Google Cloud's field executive marketing hootenanny. So maybe uh, maybe Sam's also helping out with that or not. I don't know. But uh, it also looks like so. There's two things. One, uh, Google joined like .NET Foundation stuff. So that's that's fun. And then meanwhile, Microsoft has joined the Linux Foundation. So it's just like. Just like craziness all around. Oh my goodness! I mean, nobody saw that coming, except for you know, <laughs> except for like the, you know, uh, all the Linux kernel patches from Microsoft, and you know, Microsoft being the largest organization contributing to GitHub. Mm, maybe they'll buy Red yes. Hat. That's that. <laughs> they do early prediction. Microsoft buys Red Hat. They're like, oh, oh no, it's a few billion dollars. No problem. Yeah. Well, they, maybe they'll this cancel. Like... Maybe they'll cancel their VR initiatives, right? What do they call their stuff? They've got something where you can. Hololens. Like, I don't know. You can walk around and and like move stuff, right? And, no, that's going to be huge for them. Oh, I, no. Haven't you seen the the Hololens uh, with the Minecraft stuff? You know what I would like. Sell what I'm looking forward to is over the next four years, at some point, someone's going to put one of those on Trump's head, and it's just going to be <laughs> awesome. That sounds like a Snapchat filter waiting to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It is like Microsoft is all over the place. I, I think to use one of Brandon's old phrases, the only things that's shocking is that we're still shocked. Like I, I think they're uh, they're, they're definitely they're, they're uh, I don't know how else to say it, but they're like normal. They're part of the party. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely are. I I, I got to uh, uh, Satya Nadella was was here in Sydney uh, last week, and I helped. Uh, you know, they had a, it was a developer, um, talk where, you know, they were just like a developer roadshow thing. And I got to help their, uh, one of their open source evangelists work on his demo. And it was just so normal. I mean, you know, he, he, you know, he used to work at Red Hat and I was doing open source at Microsoft and he was like, I get to do more open source here than I did before. Mm. It, it was, it was nuts. Um, and, and now, you know, uh, they, Visual Studios coming to the Mac, you know that's that's pretty crazy. It's just nobody saw all these things happening except for like you know they've been happening. <laughs> mm. So so do you do you see a lot of Microsoft use over there in Australia land? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely. Uh, I mean, every I, I'm in the enterprise, right? So, so there's always been a lot of Windows, and now it's like. Um, Microsoft is making it um, 
more acceptable to be using Windows. Like sysadmins used to be like, yeah, I use the clicky UI. You know, and now it's like, no, we got PowerShell and, yeah. and you know, DSC and it's all, you know, everything's moving to the cloud and we got our Windows server containers and, you know. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's, that's something, I mean, I guess you could quantify it by taking uh, Microsoft's enterprise revenue, basically, and, and that would quantify it. But like, it would be nice to kind of like, wrap my my hands and my my head around like how much of a footprint does microsoft have in like the infrastructure space right because because you know the immediate answer is like huge right big league but like what is it really like it's because the i think one of the more popular theories of the future is that it's not so much that microsoft will wake up and roll over but it's that it's it's in that process of doing it and and there, there will be, and maybe is to some extent, this magic moment where, like, I was just talking with someone a few weeks ago who really wanted to burst, right? Like, in in the in the old sense of like they wanted the original promise of cloud computing, uh, which was uh, Christmas, right? Solving the Christmas and Chinese New Year problem, and and you know other stuff like that is that for most of the year we need like two or four servers. And then uh, the other part of the year, this one, one like two week period of the year, we need like 10,000 servers. <laughs> and, yeah. and like that, that is like, I don't know if anyone's, unless you're running everything in Amazon, right? Like no one's actually solved that problem as far as I can tell. Like it hasn't no, really I been mean, delivered on. There, there are, I mean, there's plenty of like pop-up businesses that, that do that weekly you know you're, you've got your case studies around companies like guilt group and and the like yeah. that are you know they're they're devops poster boys because everything is you know everything is made for bursting and uh yeah i mean a lot of the early you know things that the john willis and them were talking about you know your animotos and uh yeah there's a lot of that and and now now you know azure is you know, it's the number two cloud, and uh, you know people do it with Windows. And you know, it's it's not as speedy as spinning it up on Linux, but it's just fine. And the developers, you know, they're hitting the developers harder. You know, Amazon doesn't have uh, an SD have a, an IDE. You know, they don't have all the developer tools around making it a friendly experience. And so Microsoft has really done, you know, the the best thing they can do which is hold on to the developers and try to make that the friendliest experience and friendliest friendliest integrated experience for all of them and so you know i made the comment earlier about you know the the aws deployments looking very different depending on how they were set up the microsoft ones are a lot more homogenous and you know for good or bad they you know you can usually get a good feel for for how people are, are deploying stuff on azure um, cause yeah. it's usually there, it, it's more, it's more like they ported over their existing infrastructure. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so the shape of it may look more traditional and, you know, I would hazard a guess that, you know, there's less adoption of their new features, you know, of, of like their, uh, what do they call them? Cloud functions, you know, the, their version of Lambda, I bet it's not as, you know, as, as fast as, as, uh, AWS is consumption but you know they have all the same features so when those when those developers you know when those features get turned on in visual studio you know they'll have the landing places for those hordes of developers yeah 
Well, so, 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 so Brandon, I, uh, before we wrap up on, on this topic. So it seems to me if, uh, it seems Microsoft is well positioned to just sort of like, again, not swoop in, but, but just sort of like all of a sudden you're like, whoa, where did they show up from? And just kind of like scoop up a bunch of replatforming and sort of like, you know, the next 10 years or so of computing, right? And it would, this is sort of like a common Microsoft thing. They don't always succeed at it, but they did go from DOS to Windows and, they wrapped their head around the internet and they kind of screwed up the phone thing. But then, you know, they're trying to uh, figure out the cloud stuff. And it's, you know, they did pretty well in the Internet Explorer era. But from your vantage point, we, you know, the, the, here, here it's not a joke from the sort of active directory and management. Like, what, how, what are you seeing the signs of this? Like, are you seeing that Microsoft is sort of like succeeding already or sort of like laying down the carpet for that? I do. I mean, I think it's just one of these things where it's, it's just boring to talk about, right? Because you know the narrative is everything. Well, I'm sorry, I asked. <laughs> no, no, no. But hey, I mean, welcome to it, the show. <laughs> no, I, well, I mean it in the way. Like, no, I, I know, I know. It was just a good it joke. Is but like, it is, uh, and I'll and I'll set you up next time as well. Um, but I think you know, I, obviously, everything the tech press wants to write about is AWS. Like you, like you know, not you know, we've talked about politics on the show before, but you kind of see this a lot, right? There are certain things that drive page views that people want to talk about, right? And then there's maybe the boring reality of other things. And I think Microsoft has done a good job. I think you go into large enterprises today, absolutely. You see a lot of Microsoft stuff happening. Active Directory, you know, being the enterprise directory of choice for most of the world, right? And they have lots of stuff. So, but it's, I think it's kind of in this category of like slow incremental growth. We all know Microsoft. They're, you know, been this incumbent that's been around for really everybody that's in tech now for their entire, at least their work career, maybe longer. It's not really exciting. It doesn't drive headlines. Microsoft's growing its cloud business. Nobody really cares. Whereas every, you know, AWS growing, like I'm sure they're going to announce some tremendous growth numbers and they're, you know, the big new kid on the block and everything's cloud and you know that drives a lot of page views it drives the narratives it drives what people talk about but if you just probably thought like financially right just you know dollar for dollar i mean you probably make the argument you know microsoft's making more right than amazon you know well, they're, they're, the businesses yeah. it's just not um the exciting thing so you know we kind of said earlier today it's in you know i think we've all uh you know somebody should dust off some visual basic jokes right but visual basic was sort of of like that that platform is like let's just make it really easy for people to build some simple workflow applications and it was super successful right and if you kind of think about where we are now um it's like yeah aws is pretty complicated and a lot of smarter people are working on it but you know a power builder for aws which is maybe you know one of the things we mentioned earlier or maybe something new um the world is waiting for that right I mean, there's a bunch of people that just sort of like want to work on something simple and get their jobs done and that is good enough and, and i think microsoft is probably in a position to try to do that as well as many other companies but they're you know they probably are more positioned than or better positioned than we think they are yeah well here here's yeah. here's, here's my ask for the audience i think i think i i have yet to see like a good not heavily technical but like a, te- a well technically informed sort of like case for microsoft being extremely well positioned uh that's that's like thorough right like i read all these things here and there but like i feel like there there's a good piece to be written like i've read you know a lot of stuff from like uh sell side analysts right like you find these pdfs everywhere and they're just like a bunch of nonsense with charts and disclaimers in them but like it would be interesting to read like what what's the what's the growth case case for microsoft cloud kind of backed up by like here's the current footprint 
here's like a technology of how easy it is to like, you know, do your right click programming. And I mean that not in the insulting way. I usually use it, but in a good way. And and again, it just seems like, like Brandon was saying, like everyone's just kind of waiting for that to happen. And uh, from everything that I can smell out and see, it seems like Microsoft is like, for the past, let's say two years, and it obviously would be more than this, but they actually like have been working on that. And through whatever confluence of events, everyone has decided to wait, right? Like it, like they haven't, even though AWS is a big deal, as we were talking about earlier, it's not like it hasn't completely won. There's still a lot of stuff no. out there. So I don't know if there's a write up of that, it would be nice to, uh, nice to see it. So, so with that, why don't we wrap up so Matt Ray can get back to his fan and whatever it is he does in the morning in Australia. We, this is this is Matt Ray's dedication to the show is he turned off his fan. So just like Ben Thompson in Taipei, he's probably sweating there, just like Jeff Jeff what's his jar, bar has to when he writes up all these posts. It's uh, it's pure dedication, <laughs> Matt Ray. So uh, what's what's your recommendation this week, Brandon? My recommendation is, uh, at least here in the U.S., and not for all international listeners, it was Thanksgiving, so we had uh, a lot of family in town, which was a lot of fun. And uh, my wife introduced uh, our family to uh, a game called Left, Right, Center, which is just a, it's a very simple game where you, you, know, you can play with quarters or dollars, but you basically roll some dice and you either um, move your dollars left, right, or, um, or put them in the pot, or you keep them. And uh, it was uh, great. And, and being in Las Vegas, I felt like I should uh, you know, recommend some kind of gambling. So uh, it was great uh, fun. If, you know, my my youngest, the youngest player was five years old. It's a very easy game. It's if you want to like put everyone around um, a table, you want to do a little gambling. Uh, if you want to see like five, six, seven year olds go crazy for twenty one dollars, depending on how how many people you have, uh, it was it was quite fun. It's it actually brings out. Um, the game, you kind of get to see everyone's gambling vibe at an early age. So it's a fun little family fun game that's really easy to play with dice. So if you're looking for something to a stocking suffer or for Christmas or you're just bored with your family and you want to do something, try Left, Right, Center. Mm. It's, it's going to be better than playing uh, Cards Against Humanity with the seven-year-olds. That's probably not going <laughs> to pan out well. <laughs> How about yourself, Matt Ray? What do you have for us this week? Uh- uh, yeah, so so it it, it was uh, Thanksgiving in, in Australia for me. Um, you know, I, I did not go back to the U.S. to visit family and stuff, but uh, and it wasn't a holiday either. So you know, the kids were in school. So while the kids were in school, my wife and I went out to the uh, the, the Sydney uh, Harbor Bridge and did the uh, the the tour, um, the the bridge walk where you climb up on top of the bridge and. Uh, it was it was pretty fun. It was better than expected, um, and uh, you know, obviously, great views. So uh, it's like that James that, Bond movie pick. with Roger Moore, right? Where you like going to exactly. all the, to the top of the bridge. That's great. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> and then I kicked uh, I kicked uh, Jaws off the top with uh, with my fancy shoes and uh-huh. and uh, walked down in my tuxedo. Um, no, I mean it, it. You know, one of the things we've been trying to do here in in Sydney is do something touristy every week and uh you know so far we're doing pretty good job at it so if anyone needs recommendations for tourist things to do in sydney i'm always or even australia i'm always uh full of full of advice and and i see you've provided a link to your wife's blog going over this (laughs) well yeah i'm too i'm I'm too lazy to write things up (laughs) 
<laughs> so so she she's been uh documenting the, the the experience so that's that's my pick is my wife's uh blog writing up i'll look uh, forward to it and yes so uh and then, and then there's two bonus recommendations from matt ray you can find in the show notes which which i don't really understand what they are but you can investigate them. <laughs> <laughs> so my my recommendation is uh i saw this movie called uh it follows i think it's from 2015 and it's like uh it's like a horror movie. It looks like they applied the uh the X Pro two filter to to every single scene, which is delightful. But it's uh I don't know. It's a typical like a bunch of teenagers hanging out and there's like sex involved and some sort of monster that's just, you know, mindlessly killing people and stalking them. But I think it I think it's a it's it's a fun, fun movie. New take on an old thing, so to speak. And also in the uh, between this this and last episode, I've published a lot of things. I'll put a link to it. I published a book review to a couple of things over on the new stack and my uh, my m- monthly register thing on Large Isle, Agile and the Large. I'll put links to those if you're interested in them. But as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. You can find the show notes for this. I guess this is our octogenarian episode. We've got uh, we've got some more of them to do. You can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com/slash eighty. That's right. No vanity URL. I think I think we're we're safely in the two thousand to twenty five hundred uh, downloads per episode range. So good job, all the listeners. You know you can help us with that by doing things like writing up in Twitter that you like our episode. I've I've noticed a fantastic uptick in people doing that, which which we all appreciate. But just put a link in there. Tell tell the people who follow you that you like it, or mention it word of mouth. Or you can always tell us. That makes us feel warm and crumbly inside, uh, like a coffee cake fresh out of the oven. And also, if you want to go to the iTunes store, you can leave us a, uh, a review or, or a, a star rating. That's always helpful. We had one person participate last time through Twitter. They said Sam's is the obvious choice, which I think that person wins. Congratulations. <laughs> also, if you're listening in Overcast, as most of our listeners seem to be doing, doing, I have no idea what it actually does or how you would track it, but you should hit that little recommended star thing. I, I, I think that'll do something valuable. And with that, We'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye.